0: Today I'm going to talk about the book fast that I'm on. Book fast, book concentration, book detox. I guess you could call it any number of things but basically what it is is it's an agreement that I have with my coach that I am only reading a select few number of books instead of what I used to do, which is read as many books as I can in a year, because that's quote what smart people do. I'm really doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on a select few books. The coach I'm working with, his name' is Gary Mahler, and before I started working with him i was I was listening to different podcasts that he had been on, and in one of them, or maybe it was two of them, something that really caught my eye was his answer to a question of, you know, what are your favorite books or what are you reading? And his response was very surprising in that he said that he read very little. And he actually mentioned some books that he had read over the years, one of which caught my attention because I'd recently picked it up at the Goodwill, and I'll talk about that one in a second. But it was just the idea that he he mentioned like I guess books that had been impactful, but that in his own work with his own coach, his coach is Steve Hardison, which with the connection to Steve Chandler and uh, other connections, I guess to the ACS world that I mention from time to time. Anywho, his idea was to keep his mind clear and clean and only focused on the material that he's working with his own coach on and not just continuing to clutter his mind with other things. So this was very intriguing to me because I had never heard of anyone doing this before. Typically you hear, you know, the person that's trying to read 100 books in a year or 52 books in 52 weeks in a year and the idea that the smartest wisest, most accomplished people in the world are readers. I think there's kind of a misnomer here. I think it can be a another form of almost mindless consumption. And in some ways, it had become that for me. So reading a book for me had almost become like getting a trophy. The trophy for me, in my case, was adding it to the list of books that I had read all the way through or listened to all the way through for some reason i don't know that it was inspired by anything in particular but my senior year of high school i started a spreadsheet of every book that i finished and i have continued to add to that list to this day i don't that makes me wonder how many books i've read since then i don't know um maybe in a good year i've read 30 books Maybe an average year is around maybe more 10 to 15 to 20. I think a great year was 30. I think 30 was an LR. Anyhow, anyway, the, the getting back to this point, though, that I have noticed that of myself reading a lot of material or consuming a lot of material, but then wondering like how much of that material really sticks or has stuck. So an example here might be uh, James Clear had a really, really good book on habits called Atomic Habits. I may have implemented little pieces of things that I learned in that book, but I moved to that book so quickly that I you know, consumed a lot of interesting antidotes and facts about habits. But did that book really move the needle for me in terms of changing any of my habits or creating new ones? No, not at all. And that's my fault, not the book's fault. So even before I started coaching with Gary, I took this challenge on. So, in July, I believe it was July or so, because I know going into my August road trip where we were gone for 26 days from essentially one end of the United States to the other and then back, there were only two or three books that I was allowed to read from. I was also reading, I'll go through my little rules around how this works in a little bit. I was reading, I think, one book for pleasure And in other words, not with the intention of learning anything. And then a chapter a day from a book called Straight Line Leadership, which also supports this idea of consuming much less material and instead actually doing something with it. There were thousands of miles of driving that I did this past summer where I wasn't Reading. Well, obviously, if I was driving, I wasn't reading, but often as the passenger, I would read. And this time as the passenger, at least for the first week or so, I did absolutely nothing. I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't read books. I just let my mind go, let my mind wander. Maybe I'll talk more about that on a podcast that I might do on that road trip. So I mentioned a little bit ago. This book is called Straight Line Leadership. The subtitle is Tools for Living with Velocity and Power in Turbulent Times. The author is Dusan Dukic. Last name is spelled D-J-U-K-I-C-H. This book, I've read it twice, and eventually maybe we'll give it a third time through. The first time, I just kind of read it beginning to end. And then starting, actually, with my road trip, it was... One chapter a day. That was all I was, allowed, that was all, basically was all I allowed myself to do was I could read one chapter and then I had to stop. And it was amazing to just sit with one chapter at a time each day. There's some awesome stuff in this book about taking action and consuming less information that I think really supports this idea well. So I'm going to read some quotes from some sections I thought were powerful. He has this, he calls it straight line straight-line individuals, straight-line leadership its kind of his, his term. He also refers to, in this is kind of a common coaching term, distinctions. So distinctions are often comparing two terms and what's distinct or different about those two terms. And so he's playing with kind of the early part of the book around page 25 or so. He's playing around with this concept of the distinction of understanding versus living it. Quote, Straight-line individuals can read three chapters out of a business book and accomplish more than a zigzagger who reads 78 books and underlines every word. Straight-line individuals are not content with understanding. Their purpose in reading is different. They are disciplined in remembering what their intention is. They are not interested in blabbing about the book to their friends and trying to impress them with their newfound information. When I take on zigzag individuals as coaching clients, they often tell me they've tried and read nearly everything. They say, quote, now I know all this great stuff. Now what? Is it time to go read more stuff that I'm not going to do anything with? No, it's time to utilize some distinctions. And so this book is full of lots of really, really powerful distinctions. In fact, I refer to this book, uh, or was for a, a period of time as my daily punch in the face. Because it was often just that. He draws a distinction here as well straight line individuals versus zigzag people. So, straight line people are people that go from point A to point B and get it done. And zigzag people are people that tend to go in circles and don't go from point A to point B. So, a little further on, he talks about, you know, when you actually incorporate these distinctions or these tools so then he talks about how the straight line individuals are not better than others uh, and they're not different it's just that they they create and utilize more internal tools and then back to the book and once these tools, distinctions are incorporated there's nothing but pure powerful intelligent action circle and zigzag people are not in action because they're hung up They are trying to sort out what they see as necessary preconditions to take action. For example, they say they need more courage, or they think they need to get rid of a certain bad habit, or learn more about the situation before they can act. And then in chapter 9, this is what really, really, really put me over the top. Chapter 9 is called, What I Know Versus What I Live. So that would be another distinction. So I'm quoting from chapter 9. I've acquired... What do I live? What do I implement? In straight-line coaching, we consider intelligent people as those who implement what they know. Even when they have not acquired all of the information, they are much more valuable to themselves and others than someone who absorbs tremendous amounts of information and rarely does anything with it. Unless your goal is to be a walking, talking human library trying to entertain yourself with what you know, content with insight, it's best to start implementing what you know. Life is much more satisfying that way, and so he just keeps hammering away at this point in this chapter. Uh, then he talks about people that know the things that will make their business grow or the things that they quote should be doing, but that they're not necessarily doing them. So it continues on it becomes very useful and illuminating to work with clients on these two categories you can usually separate them out, and put them on opposite sides of the whiteboard or whatever you're working with. One, what you know, and two, what you live. You might know that a more organized week and a more deliberately created day will have you be more effective, but do you live that way? There are great opportunities in sorting these two distinctions out. Related to this is the distinction between awareness and action. Awareness can be a catalyst to make something happen, Or it can be a security blanket to wrap your issues up in, to protect and incubate them. Awareness is only one small part of having your life work. We all know some highly educated and amazingly aware people who are also very ineffective. They may be able to analyze, advise, and sermonize, but they tend to stop there, to cuddle up with their reasons and understanding rather than follow through on that knowledge with the necessary required actions to get the result that they are after. Remember that reasons only help you to sound reasonable and that they have nothing to do with producing personal and professional accomplishment. Newly acquired knowledge must be implemented in order to be of any real value. Without implementation, knowledge becomes stagnant and implementation only occurs through the individual's behaviors and actions. Personal and business transformation requires not necessarily that you acquire new understandings, but that you change. And then that last part, of course, just hits me right in the face as a coach because that's often what coaching is all about, creating change, transformation in a person. Because you can have the most interesting new understandings or epiphanies, but if you don't do anything with those things, they're just that. So one of the keys to being on this path to consuming less and implementing more is to work with someone that you really trust that really brings you valuable stuff. And these books right now are primarily coming from Gary. We will discuss, you know, if I want to add something to the list, or he might suggest one. But I am finding that this, that a majority of the stuff that he gives me or points me towards totally connects with what I'm at and what I'm wanting, where I'm wanting to go. And so because of that, in a way, he's helping me to curate all the endless possible things that I could be reading and learning to focus them on the things that are really going to help me. And I think that's invaluable. I think that's something also to be on the lookout for, too. Are there certain people in your world that when they refer you to something, nine times out of ten, it's gold. It's going to change something for you. Or is it that you have people that send you stuff and most of the time it's a miss? So obviously you want to zero in on the people that tend to send you the gold. So here's how my little book thing is working. And it was I was starting to get slippery with myself. So I just created a Google Doc with my rules and the books that I'm reading and it's all from me. It's not. I mean, I shared it with Gary, but it's just, this is my deal. So here's how it works. I have a list of books that I'm reading. I can only have four on my actively being read list at a time. Again, these are all my rules that I created. Um, this isn't like some special formula that Gary has. So I created it. So it's basically I can be actively reading four books at a time. Inevitably, I'm only reading one or two of them. And when I say reading, I mean thoughtfully, actively studying. A byproduct of this process, too, is that now as I sit down to read these, I'm much more methodical, and I go twice as slow as I would have gone in the past. Because there's no... The goal is not to get to the end. The goal is to like really absorb the information and the concepts that it's in front of me and then ultimately how can I implement those in my life today so I say there's four on the quote actively reading actively reading now list but usually it's only two of them and what's really been great about this is if I want to move something on and off the list which I can do at any time it's conscious and it's intentional versus the previous, oh, I'm bored, what's, you know, looking for the latest shiny book or title or, hey, you should read this, or reading about a book somewhere of like, oh, you know, here's the latest book by so-and-so, you should check it out, it'll it'll change your life. Well, I can still collect those, but what I do with those is I just add them to my list. So I have this list of books that's just getting longer and longer and longer that, I don't know, seven or eight or 10 months from now, I may start reading, but we'll see. So back to my rules. Uh four books at a time for the really, really good books, like straight line leadership. I read the book all the way through, as fast or as slow as I want. And then I start back at the beginning and just read one chapter a day. And that's been so powerful. So powerful. As I'm reading that one chapter a day, it's how can I implement or put into practice what I've learned in this one chapter, which Straight Line Leadership, the chapters are two or three pages, or four at the most, so they're not that long. So it's usually one concept that you can just sit with and then think about, okay, what am I going to do with this? So here are the top books that are on my list that I highly recommend. I mentioned finding the book at Goodwill. This one's called uh, Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. Uh, It's a book about meditation. It was just, it was a Goodwill. For some reason it called my name. I bought it. And then it was a trip to hear Gary talk about reading it himself over the course of a couple of years of just going through it and traveling with it. That's one. Uh, Straight Line Leadership, which I just mentioned too many times. (laughs) Fantastic book. If you want to move some things forward in your life, if you implemented everything in that book, there's no way you could fail. And then, like say, "The Anatomy of Peace: Resolving the Heart of Conflict" by the Arbinger or Arbinger Institute—however you say that—fantastic A fantastic book about where we are coming from as we approach other people. And the distinction in this book is: Are we coming uh, with a heart of peace, or a heart of love, or a heart at war? Obviously, if you're approaching someone with from a heart of war things probably aren't going to turn out very well. So that's been a really good one. I read that one through. Making a second pass through it now. Another book, really good. More Time to Think by Nancy Klein. This book is a fantastic read on the power of listening and the power of spaciousness in a conversation. What I talk about all the time, the power and the ability of people to solve their own problems when they are simply in the presence of another person who is listening to them deeply and not necessarily saying anything. And then if you're a coach, another one I'd add to the list is Living Service by Melissa Ford. She just goes deeper and in different directions on this whole idea of service as a coach. Um, I said different uh, from The Prosperous Coach, which was a book by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin, which kind of set me on this whole path of acs and this whole world now incidentally gary is a friend of melissa and gary is referred to in a couple chapters in this book called living service another byproduct of this that i've seen is as i consume less books kind of less frantically i don't know that i've ever read frantically but there was just kind of this I think as I can go slower with the books, I'm going slower with the podcasts, slower with the audio programs, and not needing to constantly be consuming something, which is kind of funny because I've never really thought my thought of myself as a quote consumer. Uh, I don't watch TV. I, well, I do consume the news or had been until recently. I guess consumer has always had kind of a negative connotation to me, just kind of mindlessly uh, (laughs) consuming a bag of potato chips um, and, you know, TV having the same caloric value. But, yeah, there's something about not having to just constantly be trying to cram something new into my head and realizing that sometimes in silence and stillness, new thoughts and new epiphanies and new knowledge can pop into my head on their own. So that's my story about my book fast or my focused reading list. What's your own story about your own consumption? Is it serving you? Is it taking you to where you want to go? But it'd be worthwhile to try this experiment that I'm trying i can tell you at least so far i don't have any regrets i don't feel like i'm missing anything i feel like i'm continuing to learn and go deeper and i feel like i have no i'm totally free of the compulsion to quote keep up oh there's the latest book on so-and-so i better read that oh this just this book just came out. everyone's talking about that i better read that one too now it's great is even if someone asks me, hey, you know, I have a new book. Would you like to read it and, you know, talk about it on your podcast? My answer is simply, I'm on a book fast. You can send it to me, but I probably won't get to it for a while. Or if someone's like, oh, you really need to read this. It's like, okay, thanks. i add it to my list. But I'm under no obligation to just dive in and read it. So what if you took a break? What if you focused on less and went deeper with the (laughs) lesser? The lesser? I don't know if that makes sense. Anyway, the idea is, what if you focused on fewer things and went deeper with them? Could they have more benefit than your current approach? Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.